listening to the Refinery Church Podcast. Each message is from our most recent weekend service located on our downtown Brea campus. We hope you are encouraged and strengthened from today's episode. Now for a timely message from Senior Pastor Kelly Fellows. Pastor Jared had a lot of things he was sharing. By the way, my name is Kelly Fellows. If you're a guest with us for the first time, welcome. Can we welcome our guests and give them an applause? We're so glad you're here this morning. We are in our fall kickoff. I see some faces I haven't seen in a little while, so it's nice to have you with us again. For those of you that are outside, yeah, you're trying to get in there with the tacos before the rest of us. We know what you're doing out there. Here at Refinery, there's uh, there's three things that we like to see happen every single Sunday that we gather. And uh, there's three Fs. And if you've been with Refinery for a long time, maybe you can help me with those three Fs. What's the first one? Faith family, and fun. And so far, we've had that already this morning, right? We've had some family time, some fun with these little footballs because it was fall kickoff. How many of you guys like the little theme going on there? Get that? You know, it's a little dad thing. We got to have a theme going on. And then, of course, uh, there is one, what we call the silent F, but it's one that we like a lot around here. What's that fourth one? Food, that's right. So after the service today, Eduardo, his brother, and a team of folks have put together some delicious, freshly made, they're out there grilling right now, street tacos for all of us to partake in after the service is over. So I won't speak forever, only about an hour and a half is how long... No, no, I wouldn't do that. No, because we're going to start smelling those tacos. And if you're sitting outside, I know you're smelling those right now. Uh, We are getting ready to get started. Uh, Pastor Jared had a lot of things to announce, but I did want to draw your attention to our Connect cards. Um, One of the ways that we can stay connected with you is if you'll take a minute to fill out one of these Connect cards, or you can do it digitally by looking at the little scan code or the little QR code on the back of the chair in front of you. Put your camera up there. Click on it, and it will open up a uh, website where you can fill this out. Not only getting your information is important, but on the backside, also on our website, is a place where you can send in your prayer requests. We know, as Pastor Jared shared, there are all of us that are going through some challenging times, and we want to stand with you and pray with you. We pray over these every single week. Uh, Our pastoral team, our leadership team prays. We take these very seriously. You can also go online to our website, click on the prayer request button, and you can fill it out digitally. It comes directly to me, nobody else. It comes to me, and then I share it with our pastors. If you say confidential, it stays confidential with me. So check out our website. Also on the website is a calendar with all the events are coming up. So if you want to know what's happening at Refinery, take a look at our website, wearerefinery.com. Also follow us on social media where we keep everything updated. All right? That's my little bit of a commercial. You guys ready to get into the Bible? Come on, let's get into God's Word. I am excited about what uh, we're starting here with our fall kickoff. This new series called Immovable. Everybody say Immovable. I felt impressed of the Lord that in this fall season, as we're kicking off this new season, there was a series of messages that are going to be life transforming for you. I promise you this. Um, It's going to help. How can I say it? Charge your spiritual batteries so that you can be a light as the world appears to be getting a little bit darker and a little bit darker. Those of us who are followers of Jesus Christ, we know that we've been told to be a light in this world. But sometimes the pressures, the stresses, the busyness, the responsibilities can begin to diminish our light. 
And I was watching a little Lord of the Rings this last summer, uh, and I, I'm a, kind of a Lord of the Rings fan. There's a new series on Prime. If you're interested in Lord of the Rings, there's a new series. It's really good. Uh, Tolkien is one of my favorite authors. Uh, one of the reasons I like Tolkien, who wrote Lord of the Rings, is because he was a believer, born-again Christian, and his narrative story of Lord of the Rings is really an allegory towards some very deep spiritual biblical concepts. One of them is the most obvious one, and that is light versus darkness. If you've ever seen Lord of the Rings, you might go, yeah, it was kind of dark. But you'll recall that it was the light that defeated the darkness at the very end. Here's a spoiler if you haven't seen the movies. Um, it is the light that Gandalf brings into the battle that literally defeats the enemy. And I believe that we as followers of Jesus Christ are like Gandalf. We're bringing the light of Jesus Christ into a dark world. And so it can be difficult. So this series of messages is intended to energize your light and build confidence in you so that you can stand strong when everything around you seems to be going crazy. You'll notice there, even on our graphic, is this incredible wave that's pounding on this rock and that rock is not moving. It's immovable. That's how we as followers of Jesus Christ can be as our world is getting more and more challenging. Isn't that right? So get ready for this great series of teachings that are going to happen over the next few weeks, uh, several weeks, as uh, I, we prepare for this. But let me start with a little bit of story, a little story time. Summer of 1998. Um, some of you are old enough. Some of you were born after 1998. Wave at me if you were born after 1998. There's a few of you in here. AJ, put your hand down. <laughs> I didn't say who was born after 1968. Oh, y'all, I know the year. It was 1968, wasn't it? <laughs> Summer of 1998, um, my family and I moved from Southern California to the beautiful state of Colorado. We were born and raised, and uh, I had been appointed by our denomination, the International Church of the Foursquare Gospel. I'd been appointed um, to lead and train uh, during youth camps and leadership conferences within the Foursquare churches in a five-state region, Colorado, uh, Missouri, Nebraska, South Dakota, and Kansas that whole middle part of America. If you take your finger and stick it in a map of America, you'll hit uh, uh, Kansas. That's the kind of the dead center of America. And my whole region was kind of around that area. And so my family and I got to enjoy for a few years in the middle of America. But when we, it was time to move, it was a big deal for us. Because born and raised here in Southern California, our family was here, our history was here. And so I was the guy that was taking... Princess Leia, or Princess Leah, as we all know her, taking her away from her family. And uh, my family loved me. They're all, they're all Christians. And so they were like, if God is saying go there, go. But if God's not saying it, you better not go. Because we don't want you to take our daughter and our precious little granddaughter, Rachel, who was two years old at the time. I packed them up and we headed off to Colorado because God was calling us. Um, before we left... Uh, I had to go back and forth a couple of times to kind of prepare the way for my young family. And so I, I can remember it was uh, June of 1998. I drove our Honda Civic out to Colorado by myself to leave it there 
run some camps for a few weeks, and then I would fly back, pick up my family, jump in the U-Haul, and then we would drive back. I got to drive a whole lot of miles between here and Colorado. Do you know there's a lot of nothing between here and Colorado? And there's a lot of beauty, too. A lot of nothing, and then a lot of beauty. And I spent a lot of hours on the road in June and July of 1998. I remember it very well. And I've, matter of fact, some of it's a blur. I can actually remember. Have you ever driven like this where you're driving and suddenly you go, where am I? How did I get here? Did I just fall asleep for an hour and suddenly wake up? Thank God I'm still on the road. I don't know what it is. But I had a few of those moments. Um, I got to see a lot of uh, the beauty as well. Um, now, remind, let me remind you, this was 1998. We didn't have podcasts in 1998. We didn't have uh, any of those uh, uh, things like Audible to listen to. You know what I had? I had cassette tapes and I had CDs. CDs were starting to take over from the cassette tapes, right? But I still had my cassette tape collection, baby. And I had a friend of mine, his name was Rene Del Rio, and uh, he said, hey Kelly, I know you're going on a long trip, I'm gonna make you a mixtape. Y'all remember mixtapes? This was one of mine, it was the 90s. He put together some of the best music from the 90s for me. And uh, we had two sites, for those of you who are too young to know what this is. This is a cassette tape, and music would come from this. And you had side A and side B, okay? And uh, my car was really cool because it would play one side, and then it would click, and it would play the other side automatically. I didn't have to take it out or anything. I was high tech, all right? So I had continuous music. On side A, my friend, uh, he put Hootie and the Blowfish, Pearl Jam, Creed, the Cranberries. He put some good 90s music on one side. But, you know, we're Christians, too. So on the other side, we had to have Christian music, right? Little Third Day, little Newsboys, little DC Talk, um, a little Switchfoot to kind of keep it. You know, those are the, these 90s bands. And I can remember playing that and listening to the music. But in addition to that, I got this stack of, of cassette tapes. There were nine of them. And it came like in this uh, packaging. And it was from a pastor friend of mine by the name of Jerry Dearman. And he had done a series of teachings called Blood Covenant. I didn't know what that was, but it sounded intriguing. Blood Covenant, Covenant. I remembered some movie about Covenant. It was some weird, crazy movie called The Covenant. And I was like, well, man, what is this, this, this series of tapes? So I remember getting them, putting them in my car. And after I listened to my 90s tunes, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to listen to something else. And I remember popping in these, these, these cassette tapes. Little did I know that this series of messages that were actually teachings directly from the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, Little did I know that it would transform my understanding of God and my relationship with God. See, I was already a Christian. I'd already said yes to Jesus. And I would, I would have my understanding of my relationship transformed during this summer of driving. Um, I would actually, I actually listened to that entire series three times that summer as I drove across California, Nevada, Utah, Colorado, and then I had to drive all the way out to Missouri for these camps. Put a lot of miles on that little Honda Civic and a lot of, a lot of time getting to hear from the Lord. And I began to unpack what it meant to have a covenant 
with God. A covenant. I had moments, those aha moments as I was listening to these teachings. I had revelation. I began to see and understand things differently. You know, having a covenant with God, I discovered is jugular to our relationship with him. I know some of you kind of hear that word, jugular. What does he mean, jugular? That's a weird word. Jugular. And that when I say that it's jugular to our relationship with God, I'm talking about like the jugular vein that runs down your neck, okay? That gets blood from here to here. You know, the, the, the important vein, and if it gets severed or blocked, you die. You have a stroke. That jugular vein is critical to you living. And functioning. So when I say that understanding that you have a covenant with God, it's jugular to your spiritual life, thriving and living. What is a covenant? What is a covenant and why does it matter? Why did that transform your life, Pastor Kelly? What was it about understanding that there is a covenant that God has formed? I've been a Christian for, by that point, over 10 years. I went to a Christian college, Azusa Pacific University. Woo, go Cougars. Come on, thank you. I know there's some Biola people in here. It's okay. My daughters went to Biola, so I, I can appreciate that too. And also USC, fight on. Come on. I went to a Christian college. I'd heard the word covenant. I'd read about it in the Bible. But I didn't understand really what it was. I didn't understand the importance of it, like most of us. Because... For me, and probably for you, it's kind of like this old term, this ancient term that, that references some sort of an agreement, right? Uh, maybe today you might think about it having to do with like your housing community. Some of us that, that have lived in certain communities, whether they're a gated community or an apartment community or a condo community, they have covenants, isn't that right? And those are rules that we have to live by. Kind of like in my neighborhood, take a look at this picture. We had a covenant that said uh, you couldn't have your trash cans out beyond a certain day, right? And or else like even in the city of Brea, they're going to fine you. There's a covenant that says don't have the trash cans left out overnight. What, what I didn't know, yet I would discover here in the Bible, is that this, this Bible this word of God is actually a covenant document. The, the word New Testament and Old Testament, the word testament is actually another word for covenant. So you could say that this Bible is referencing the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. And that's significant to all of us and very, very important these are God's covenants with humanity that demonstrate not necessarily rules and regulations, though terms of the covenant are important, but these covenants actually demonstrate the depth of God's love, the price of God's love, and the meaning behind this most popular verse, which I think all of us have probably heard of, and if you're a football fan, there's usually this popular verse in one of the end zones, and it's this verse, take a look on the screen, for God so loved the world that, John chapter 3, verse 16. 
right? We've, we've seen this verse and many of you could even continue that in your head. But understanding this is a covenant statement and knowing that God has formed a covenant with humanity brings significance to these words. I discovered that summer of 1998 that this is a covenant statement. And I began to unpack what it means to be in covenant with God. And I began to discover this entire book is actually God's covenant document. I, I tell you, as a testimony, that summer, my life was transformed. And I'm glad that the Lord actually had me listen to those tapes. It wasn't by accident that God listened to, had me listen to these teachings because I went into this new season living in Colorado where, where I was beginning to lead leaders and I needed to encourage them and energize their faith. And I need to have a handle on what it meant to be in covenant with God. I gained more confidence as I began to dig and understand what it meant to have a covenant with God. My self-esteem began to increase. My confidence increased. And I became more purposeful. I wasn't letting life happen to me. I was going to impact life. As I came to understand covenant, and this is my heart over these next several weeks, that you'll also gain focus, clarity, and practical insight into these things right here. Take a look on the screen. If you're a note taker, as we begin to unpack, understand, and get the revelation of what it means to be in covenant with God, I believe that you're going to have more practical insight into God's truth, which we so desperately need today, don't we? Because there's a whole lot of misinformation that's flying around our heads and our ears and our eyes all the time. We need to know what God's truth is, the truth. As we dig into understanding biblical covenant, we're going to understand the significance of God's pledge to humanity. Did you know God swears to keep his promises? I know some of you heard me stop right there. God swears. You mean God swears? Yeah, God swears to keep his promises. And that's what a covenant is. We're going to talk about that. We'll have greater insight into God's promises. God's reliability. And ultimately, God's love understanding God's covenant, as we're going to dig in over the next several weeks, gave me a more significant and deeper understanding of the lengths that God has gone over the ages to demonstrate his love and his commitment to you. That he's not like Bette Midler saying back in the 80s, watching from a distance. Y'all remember that song, right? God is watching. Mm-mm. God's not watching from a distance. He's intimately involved. And the covenants that he formed, and you're going to discover, you're going to have these aha moments, I promise you, over the next several weeks, as we begin to unpack how a covenant is formed, how a covenant is made, and the impact, you'll see how God has been intimately involved with humanity and intimately involved with you. We're going to learn that the price he paid to demonstrate that what he said is unshakable and immovable and his commitment doesn't change. 
There's a passage of scripture in the book of Hebrews that says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's a covenant statement. You're going to begin to read the Bible differently. You're going to go, man, that's a covenant statement. It's a statement of God saying Jesus, his intention has not changed since the beginning until the end. I began to read the Bible differently. I was, again, I had gone to, to Bible college, Christian college. I'd studied the Bible. I understood it. But now I began to read the Bible differently when I understood what it meant to have a covenant with God. Because as I understood, I read the Bible that it's more than a history book. It's more than a great work of literature. It's more than a moral guide. It is all of these things. But the whole Bible from beginning to end, Genesis to Revelation, is a covenant document. It's a commitment of God. In one word, his covenant. Everybody say covenant. covenant. I've said it a lot, haven't I? I've probably said it more times than you've ever heard that word in your entire life. But that's my intention. Because if we don't know in our modern times what it means to have a covenant with God, we are missing out. It's like, it's like God has offered all of these things to us through salvation and we're only getting like 1% because we don't understand what it means to be in covenant. So what is covenant? What is covenant? Let me define it a little bit this week and next week, and then we're going to dig into how and why a covenant is formed. And you're going to begin to look at the Bible and go, oh, I never knew that that was God's intention when he did this. It was a signature of his promise. Covenant is more than just a contractual agreement. In some of our minds, we think, oh, a covenant means a contract. It's more than that. A covenant is this. It is a relational partnership. Everybody say relational partnership. If you're a note taker, I didn't put this on the screen, but you may, may write covenant equals relational partnership. Very important. Relational partnership. That's what a covenant is. In ancient times, let me give you an example. In ancient times, that, that's when the Bible was written. Covenants were understood and practiced all the time. It was part of daily life. People understood it. Matter of fact, when I was a little kid, I think I had a better understanding of covenant than I did when I was an adult. Because when I was a little kid, me and my best friend, his name is Lewis, I called him Doobie, which now I go, why did I call him Doobie? Because we know that's kind of a hippie term for marijuana. Um, but him and I were best buddies. And uh, somehow he said, hey, we should be blood brothers. Y'all remember some of that? Maybe you're old enough to remember that. He go, I said, what does it mean to be a blood brother? He goes, oh man, that's a commitment until death. And I'm like, wow. And you know, me and my buddy were out in our little clubhouse in the back. I go, well, what do you got to do? Well, first, spit in your hand. So I spit in my hand. Go, now what? He goes, now we shake on it. Oh, Okay. Is that it? He goes, no, to be blood brothers. We got to make a cut. And we got to bleed a little bit. And then we got to tie our wrists together so that our blood flows through. And I'm like, you crazy, man. I ain't doing that. 
no cut on me. And nowadays we know you get all sorts of diseases and stuff like that. He goes, oh, we don't really have to cut ourselves. I go, we don't? He goes, no, watch this. So he takes out a popsicle stick and he takes a red marker and he draws on the edge of the popsicle stick and then he runs it over his wrist. So he pretend blood. He goes, let's do this. Oh, okay, good. I like that. That's okay. Let's do that. So we take the pretend blood and we, we put it on our wrists and then we tie our wrists together. And that whole day we walked around with our wrists tied together. And people say, what are you doing? Well, we're blood brothers. We're blood brothers. I didn't know that as a little kid, that was actually a form of, that was forming a covenant. And that actually goes back to ancient times. We didn't know what we were doing as a kid. And even as an adult, I didn't know what that, what that meant. But in ancient times, people, tribes, kingdoms would actually form covenants with one another that was unto death and even from generation to generation. Historically, tribal leaders would form a covenant with other tribes or other kingdoms, and they referred to as a tribal covenant or a covenant treaty with sanctions. Tribal covenants were typically motivated by strengths and weaknesses. Everybody say strengths. strengths. Now weaknesses. Here's an example of a covenant. Let's say tribe A, your tribe A, uh, we're going to call you the tribe of Umawawa. You are Umawawa tribe. I don't want to do anything that would be racial or anything politically incorrect. So Umawawa is not a real name and I'm not insulting anybody, but you are the tribe of Umawawa. Okay. Umawawa. You are the tribe of Wawawu. Umawawa, Wawawu. Sounds similar, but different. Okay. You tribe over here, you're farmers. Oh, you're farmers. You like food. How many guys like food over here? You like food. You're good with food. Your land is fertile. You put a seed in the ground, anything grows. Anything grows in your land. It's almost magical. You're getting like watermelons that are gigantic. You got fruit trees. Man, you are, oh man, you guys grow food wonderfully. And all the surrounding communities know that your tribe grows great food. Sadly, you're not good fighters. You're weak. You're, you're lovers, not fighters, okay? You love food. And you, you're a tribe too. We don't want to leave you guys out. We don't want to leave you guys out. You're, you're the musical tribe, and we're going to call you the, so you're the wah-wah-woo. You're the umu wawa. We're just going to call you woo-hoo, okay? You're the tribe of woo-hoo. <laughs> you're musical. Man, the arts, beauty, you guys know how to create things. You guys know how to make things sing. It's beautiful. You, you know what, y'all? You're warriors. You're strong. Come on. You got some muscles over here. But you like food, too, but your land is rocky and hard. All right? And so oftentimes, you guys go without food. You send out your warriors to go hunting. They come back with a few things. But, man, you guys can fight and protect. Again, you guys are musicians. You're just sitting around enjoying life. But you get a little hungry, too, once in a while. And also, some people come in and steal your pretty stuff. And you don't have many fighters because your lovers, you know, your musicians, not fighters. And sometimes other tribes will come in and invade your land, and they'll take your food, right? You need a covenant. You need a covenant. And you need a covenant. You know, you all need to be protecting the musicians and the farmers, 
And the farmers need to be feeding the musicians and the warriors. And y'all just need to make it all look good and sound good, okay? They need a little help because they're kind of stinky and smelly, don't, can't carry a tune. And these guys are so busy working, they need to calm down once in a while and enjoy the beauty of the creation, right? So what would happen is your ruler from your tribe and a ruler from your tribe and a ruler from your tribe would gather together and go through an entire lengthy ceremony and form a covenant that says, your strength will protect their weakness. Your strength will benefit their weakness and your strength will bless and benefit their weakness. And a covenant would be formed and it would go from generation to generation. These groups would exchange promises. They would make oaths. And biblical scholar David Baker defines a covenant in this way. He says up here, he says, when both parties or three parties recognize their agreement as a formal act, binding them, say binding, binding them to fulfill the promises made in the covenant. And often, if the, if the covenant was broken, then death would occur. So when the Bible was written, listen, when the Bible was written, people of that time understood what a covenant meant because their lives were led by covenants. So they understood it. We don't understand it today. The closest thing that we get to a covenant in our day and age, think for just a second, what do you think it might be? That's right. You've probably been to a wedding and you probably heard the pastor say, today is a marriage covenant. And you're going, okay, it's a marriage, what? <laughs> it's a marriage covenant. That's the closest thing that we have to understanding what a covenant is. A marriage covenant starts with an invitation, as do most covenants. It starts with an invitation called an engagement. Will you marry me? Yes, I will. And thus, the marriage covenant begins with an invitation. Then a ceremony is performed. That's a covenant practice. Vows are exchanged. That's a covenant practice. Promises are made. Also a covenant practice. Gifts are given. Covenant practice. And a meal is usually held. Well, good, well, good weddings have meals. Cheap weddings have appetizers. Fast weddings have none of the above. They just say, I do, and off they go. But traditionally, the covenant ceremony has a meal. These modern activities are directly correlated to the ancient tradition of covenant. Everybody say covenant. So today we still have some of those elements that many of us have experienced. So why does biblical covenant matter to me today? If this was an ancient practice, how is it relevant for me? Oh my goodness. You need to know that it is relevant for you today, as relevant today as when it was formed by God. And the reason why it matters to you today is because we got some problems. We got some problems. The information chaos that bombards our minds today stresses our sanity. I've never heard mental health referenced so much as I have over the last two years. It's an epidemic. And I'm so thankful that we are aware and sensitive and more understanding of mental health because it's real. 
But let me tell you, there is some healing for weak mental health and it's understanding and living in a covenant with God. Another problem is the inconsistent and conflicting messaging that's coming at us has caused uncertainty and insecurity in us. Suicide is at an all-time high. Drastic, drastic increase in suicide. Why is that? Because of our insecurities, our doubt, and our fear. And the cultural conflicts, the decay of morality in society has weakened our confidence. We don't know how to stand for truth. We don't know how to stand confidently in our relationship with God. Tatiana, thank you for choosing the song, uh, I'm a Child of God. We need to know that and walk in that. And it begins with understanding God has formed a covenant with us. We desperately need to know there is someone that we can trust and something that we can build our lives on. It's what we need. And I don't care if you've been a Christian for 50 years. Let this be a recharging of your spiritual batteries and a reminder of your covenant. As I said, I've been a Christian for over 10 years, serving Jesus as a youth leader, graduated with a Christian degree. And that summer, my mind was transformed. My faith was increased. We need to know that we have a God who formed covenants with us that are unshakable. Say unshakable. Unbreakable. Say unbreakable. And immovable. That's right. His covenants are filled with blessings. Promises that we can stand on during these times in our society when there's this constant chaos surrounding us. We can build our confidence and face the waves of changes when we understand that God has filled us with promises and secured those promises with the covenants that he formed. This passage of scripture will mean so much more to you when you read it from the book of Romans chapter eight that says, if God is for us, who can ever be against us? Can we all read that together? Ready, begin. If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Wow. Some, you, somebody in here needed to hear that. You need to hear that God, the Bible says this for you. If God is for you, who can ever be against us? And over the next several weeks, you are going to, I'm going to convince you beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is for you and he has proven it over and over and over again. So much so that he made a covenant and he swore it in his own blood. Oh, it's going to rock you. And you're going to walk away going, man, God is for me. Who can be against me? Tatiana, would you and the team kind of come on up here, please? Someone needs to hear that right now, that God is for you. As we, as we step off and jump off into this fall series of immovable, someone needs to hear right now that God is for you. God is for you. Some of you felt alone and broken down. You need to know God is for you. God is for you. You've lacked confidence. 
And for some reason in recent days, you felt more insecure. God is for you. God is for you. So I want to pray for you. And then we're going to sing and we're going to worship with one last song and then I'm going to close. But Father God, would you join me in prayer? Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, as we step into this fall season, we are so excited to begin to unpack from Scripture your commitment, your intentionality, and your purposes behind forming covenants with humanity. But before we jump into this, Lord God, before we dig into scripture. We need to hear and know that, God, you are for us. Your word tells us that, God, you are for us and not against us. And if you are for us, then who can be against us? Right now, in the quietness of this moment across this room, O oh Lord God, let your Holy Spirit minister to those hearts that have felt lonely those bodies that have felt broken and beat up, those spirits that have experienced insecurity. And Holy Spirit, I pray that even now confidence would begin to rise up and that Holy Spirit, you would speak to their hearts and let them know that you are for them and not against them. In the name of Jesus Christ. Over the next several weeks, we're going to go through dozens of scriptures and we're going to unpack this transforming principle of covenant. Over 300 references to covenants in scripture. Did you know that? From the Old Testament to the New Testament, from Genesis to Revelation, you're going to see and discover how deeply God cares for you and how serious he is about demonstrating that to you today. The reality and the relevancy of God's covenants will eradicate fear and doubt in your heart and mind. So I'm going to encourage you and challenge you, whether you're online, outdoors, or inside, join us each week so that you can begin to experience the transforming principles found in God's covenant promises. You're going to find out and firmly be able to stand on God's promises Promises when the world seems to be going crazy all around you. Your faith will be unshaken. Your spirit will be unbroken. And you will become immovable. Would you lead us in Psalm 10? Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed by today's message. For more great content and information about Refinery Church, find us at wearerefinery.com and our socials, We Are Refinery. If you would like to help support and give to the ministry, visit our website at wearerefinery.com forward slash give. See you on our next episode at the Refinery Church Podcast.